The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You haven't had a, <laughs> like, a famous bang. A famous bang. I know. Bang. But there's no bang on, There's no bang for close enough. There's no bang for almost. There's bang for yes. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the award-winning Orange Zone podcast. What's up from the Skycam? I'm Tommy Sladak. We have Samantha Crossan. We have Brandon Hodges on the producer, Mike. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen. We don't judge. Whatever's the best for you, right? Whatever is the best for you, we're supporting that decision. New episodes released weekly, and we invite you to like, comment, subscribe, we also want you to check out our all-new Instagram and TikTok page for even more Orange Zone content. And we're in the crossover season. We have football episodes. We have basketball. And we're talking hoops. We're talking SU hoops. Men's and women's team both doing well. Hot starts to the season. And we're almost getting to tourney time. So looking forward to that. We have Benny Williams back with the team. So we're recording this Tuesday. We'll find out tonight what he's playing and what capacity. But he's back to all activities, and I expect him ready to go. I saw him over at one of the training facilities earlier today. Seems like a guy ready to play a game tonight. Absolutely. And interesting. You know, well, this will be the first time that we get to hear from him since he's been back. So hopefully in the next podcast episode, we'll be able to bring all of the listeners and the viewers some more information and see if there was anything right. that anybody had to say. But the bottom line is he's back and it does sort of feel like it's at the perfect time mm -hmm. because, again, you have tournament time. But before all that, can't skip over Colgate. Can't, can't skip, skip over, over Colgate. And we won't get too much in one because by the time you're listening to this the game is done but background heading into that game um let's do this let's have a line where we say um well the orange were actually able to beat colgate first time in three years they were, they were able to take down the raiders okay scratch that one we're going to do the other one syracuse fell to colgate for a third straight year pretty wild what one sounds more believable to you you're asking yeah well, <laughs> uh, honestly, I think Colgate's going to win. Yeah, my gut says so too. I just think Matt Lang, he, he just has this team dialed. I think the zone was the worst case scenario to play against his team. Well, right. And that's why they found that success. Of course. I don't see Syracuse going to zone maybe at all tonight because of the way Colgate is able to shoot the three. But... I don't know. They're a good team. I don't team. know what. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. Bottom line, we'll move on from it. But it was all, Colgate has always been a, a good three point team. They right. always like to shoot <clears throat> from three. However, now that Syracuse isn't playing the zone, I don't know. You kind of have me second guessing myself. Right. But I, I can't explain. It. I feel like every time the Raiders come into the dome, they seem ready. They seem energized. They seem confident. And I feel like Syracuse coming off of two back to back losses against the Raiders in back-to-back -back years. We'll see about it. I'd like to see Syracuse go down to Colgate to play again. Right? Because that I, I feel like they win. Here's the thing. Me I've been down too. there. I would love that. I've been down, I love Cotterell Court. Well, I've been a 
down there a ton this fall for their volleyball team. And Colgate's volleyball team, they're going into the Patriot League uh, tournament, I think, this week. Go Raiders. Uh, Number one overall seed, regular season champions. uh, Go Raiders. Um, They'll be in the semifinals on Friday against uh, somebody, whoever is. uh, Okay, moving on from volleyball. No offense, but we're a basketball team. I I know, I'm just saying, but the atmosphere for the last match I was at was insane. It was a packed house, standing room only. Like sort of deal. I love that, and I would love to see Syracuse and Colgate play a game there because you know that people will be lined up on the baseline, like an old high school sort of feel. You're not making a lot of money. That's the down part, and that's why it doesn't happen. But for the sake of just that feeling, could you imagine being in there? Oh my gosh, let's dream about it. Let's talk to our people. Let's make it happen. But looking ahead for SU men's hoops, we'll start with them first. They're in Maui. Technically not Maui. They're in Honolulu, Honolulu, as we know what happened with Maui with the um, fires not too long ago. It feels like forever ago. Um, so they're playing in Honolulu. They are in a very tough bracket. Granted, Woof. like we talked about before the show started, it's a very good tournament. And it starts against number seven, seven Tennessee, on Monday at 2 o'clock. Do I have that right? I believe. Looks like 2.30 uh, on the schedule. 2.30. So, it, so they're at playing two. at 9 a.m., which is very interesting. Isn't that crazy? So yeah, they'll be playing at 9-something. So 2.30, taking on a very good Tennessee team. And guess what? If they win, they move on to play the winner of Purdue and Gonzaga. Number two, Purdue. Number 11, Gonzaga. If they lose, they play the loser. <laughs> number two, Purdue. And number 11, Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Gonzaga? I don't know. The point is, no matter how you say Gonzaga or Gonzaga, these are great teams that they're playing great, against. Great teams. Great teams. To me, I view this as, as an opportunity, though. Heck yeah. And I'm sure that they do as well. Heck yeah. Listen, why not play some really great level competition right in the early part of the season? I love this idea, by the way, of just like these little these little early season tournaments. Like such a cool way to keep things interesting and exciting. Yes. Also about that time of the year where we have to decide whether we're going to start saying tournament or tournament. So we'll Got decide it. and then the next podcast will come to a conclusion okay. on that. But the point is... I think this is great. Listen, if you're the Syracuse team, kind of know you're you're the underdog going into all these games. Like, why not just win one of them? I'd like to see just just one win against. I mean, it would be huge. I mean, yeah. one win. You know, like that that would just even be, I think, huge. But either way, it's one of those gut check. Going to see exactly where this team stands. Going to see what they'll be able to accomplish. And I think no matter what, you gain something from this, whether it was success or experience. And that's my one liner for today's podcast. There we go. I I agree with you on that. I will be shocked if they win one of their first two games. So regardless, they'll play Monday. They have their next game Tuesday, and then they'll be in the for fifth place, third place, seventh, eighth, whatever it is, they'll do that on Wednesday night. So what's interesting about you know Matt Maui is this game for them is being played at 9.30, but, which is 2.30 for us. Wednesday, they could be, in theory, playing a game that's midnight for us, 7 o'clock. So it's a little bit all over the place, but regardless, it's going to be great experience. And it's going to, you know, November ends up becoming really important come March. And that's something that a lot of people have really grown to um, fully grasp is that November is important. Sometimes some of those games are make and break. But it's also tough by the by the time March rolls around to look at November and say, that's the same team. And with Syracuse with a new coach, 
new players coming in and a team forming together, I highly, highly doubt we're going to look at November Qs in this Thanksgiving week tournament and say, yep, that is exactly the team we're seeing in March. I don't see that happening, which is why I don't see them winning these games. Now, here's one question for you. In these next, let's say, three, four, five games to come, do you expect, now that Benny Williams is back, hmm. what do you expect his, his role to be in, in those first five games, but then all of the games to come after that point? Looking at the most recent game, which was against um, New Hampshire, the opener, Canisius. and then Canisius, is Syracuse and Canisius had the same number of rebounds. And Benny Williams at the four, a big part of his responsibility is to help make that a win in the rebound column. Granted, Justin Taylor's done a great job filling it. At six foot six, he's an undersized four, but he's been averaging 6.5 rebounds per game, 13.5 points per game through the first two games. He's doing a good job. But it's not necessarily enough enough in the role you want to be seeing. Like Chris Bell, a little bit quieter with it. I think Benny comes in and makes a difference in that. And exactly what type of impact we're going to see this year to be determined. Because I think fans have been kind of waiting to find out what he can be. When is he is he going to reach that ceiling that there was kind of potential for him in his freshman year? But whether we can see it now or not, and whether it's just the little things, he could have a massive impact. But to, to me, the biggest thing that comes that that sticks out is going to be tenacity and aggression on rebounding. Because Nahima Clown's a big dude, but sometimes it's just a little bit slower. Benny's that athlete. I actually have to say that I do agree with that. I know that Nahima Cloud is going to heat up, but it was so interesting. Like in the first two games, yeah. I feel like he's always there. And he's always the tallest guy there. It always seems like he should get the rebound, but sometimes he just doesn't. <laughs> like, yeah. And I do feel like I do want to see somebody that's just a little bit more spry, has a little bit more of a spring, right. is, is a little bit quicker on their feet. Um, so I, I am interested to see what Benny Williams is able to do once he's back. That starts on Tuesday. I was encouraged by Judah Mintz, too, scoring 26 oh, yeah. points, career high. Um, just goes to show what he can be doing. And we're seeing some growth from him freshman to sophomore year. He still has those moments of, you know, that rambunctious, just I'm a train and I'm not going to slow down type moments. <laughs> that I know drive some fans nuts. But what we're learning is he is so good at drawing fouls. He's going to be on the free throw line a lot, and especially when you're playing some of these more inexperienced teams where it's a young player, it already feels like he has that veteran college feel to him as a sophomore. You get me? I do. When it comes to that. I think that it's partially an attitude thing. I mm. feel like although he still has – He's a little he's a little fire and he has that aggression. It's in a good way. Right. It's it's never getting out of hand. It's never like there was a mistake that was made and now that mistake is going to turn into two or three mistakes. He reels it in, he figures out what the problem was, he decides how he's going to solve it. And like you said, the drawing the fouls. And I'm just gonna do this once so that you can have this for the thumbnail. When he drew the one foul and he ended up on the on the baseline like this. It was hilarious. Shot. We'll try to put so it. On, if you're watching on funny. YouTube, we'll try to put it in the corner. Yeah, the yeah. little shot of him where he lands. <laughs> and I, I was it. I was shooting that. So to just see him come down, he just listen. He's he's a cool guy. He has a great personality. Yeah. Plus, I mean, just the way that that he is operating with Starling, that is what makes right. me feel promise. Is the way that those two are are able to are able to play together. The chemistry that they have so far this season. That's one of the things that I would say I'm the most excited about. Love that. If you don't mind, while uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it over to Brenda for something, could you uh, look up the SU women's most recent game? Because I wanted to. I didn't write down the score, but I want to look at the score and dive into a little bit of the box yeah, score. Yeah, yeah, keep there. going. Um, uh, 
Brendan, what sticks out to you? What do you think Benny's role is going to be? Or is there a different storyline from these first two games that surprises you? Well, in terms of different storylines, I mean, we mentioned it, I think, last weekend in our podcast, how the coaches are trying to, like, just – they're settling in. They're figuring out, like, hey, what's our rotation going to be like against uh, some of these bigger teams right. as we keep going forward. And you make a good point about November not being as big of an indicator of March success as you would like. What it is an indicator of, however, is whether or not you can get into March. Right. A lot of quad one opportunities coming up from Syracuse, whether you think it's Tennessee, Purdue, Gonzaga, whoever they end up facing in the second round. And who knows? Maybe they make a run at Maui and it gets them on the right foot going into uh, the ACC. It's ACC Big Ten for the men, right? Yes. ACC Big Ten and then – Well, ACC SEC? ACC SEC is the women, I know for sure. Because – I thought it was both because I'm pretty sure one has Alabama, the other has LSU. I think it's LSU. the eight Big Ten ACC for the men, though. Is it, do they do both? I don't know. I don't know. Now you got me all confused. Dude. It's further down the road. The point being, like, how you perform in Hawaii will pay off big no matter which way it goes for the ACC schedule because mm. you're playing teams that are arguably better than most, if not all, teams in your conference at Very this true. tournament. Right. Or at least up to par. If you can win one, or if we can dream and they win two, maybe even the whole thing, I know that's a bit of a stretch, but if they could, it'll go a long way to showing you what this team can be under Red Autry in his okay. first year and beyond. I do want to put an asterisk on it and say it is so early. And I know you know that too. No, and that's what I'm saying. So like, early in a first-year head coach – but you those, let it breathe. You rack up those wins, though, against big teams, and you don't cement your spot in the field of 68. But you take a few big steps to where a committee goes, hey, if they don't win their conference, look at who they've played against and performed against. We want this team in the tournament because it's going to make the best tournament possible. No doubt. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As for the SU women, they're putting up points and the defense is stopping them. And that's one thing that we're seeing as a difference between the SU men and the SU women so far. The SU men are putting up points. Their defense is allowing points. The SU women, 101 to 53 Correct. against Central Connecticut State. That's right. And then Lafayette was 75, or Lafayette was 75 to 41. That's crazy. I was going to say, I'll check you on that that's just to defense make sure. stepping up. And no, the, the no surprise early in the season Deja Fair put up 28 the other day. 28. A 28-piece. And at that point, it's casual for The more, not surprises, but just the new faces that fans are getting to know is Alyssa Latham. Saw her in a Romano car commercial, by the way. Um, So she's already in the commercials. Season just starting as a freshman. And then Sophie Burroughs, Australian. Two freshmen making really serious immediate impacts, and it's really encouraging. I mean, yeah, look, just just through the first three games, I mean, obviously one was an exhibition, but right. you have 77 to 53, 75 to 41, 101 to 53. I mean, 
Dang. Yeah. And you mentioned it. It is really cool and exciting. We knew DeAsia Fair, this is going to be a big part of the exactly. offense. Duh. However, to have two freshman guards also be contributing and being in the top, you know, second, third, or fourth scorers, that to me is really promising. It shows, I'm not sure, would those be FLJ's recruits? Yes, they would be because they were just coming in. She was here last year. Um, I think they're both listed as forwards, I think. I, I thought they were both listed as guards. I just saw. Oh, Latham's tall, but she might be a guard. I think you're right. Okay. Um, sorry about that. <clears throat> That's okay. She was just tall, and so I just second-guessed it. It is what it is. Thank you. Um, but yeah, l- listen, point being, you know, especially if those are FLJ's recruits, like, right. wow, the, the way she's able to recruit, she's recruiting talent that is in there early. Mm-hmm. I have to say, to me, it is always promising. I even think back just on my days as an athlete. Like, when you have a couple of freshmen who are making an immediate impact, that's such a weapon. Oh, and to know gosh. that you're going to be able to develop them throughout the course of four years, yeah. like, that... I feel like as a coach, that must be one of the most exciting things is to see that your recruiting efforts have paid off immediately. Yeah, and your dream scenario is that they're there for four years, they're healthy, they're staying, and you're able to keep building that around. And that's what creates the best programs, especially in basketball, is when there is that steady stream of freshmen coming in and making noise. But your culture is built around there being new faces while also being veterans. And I think that's the perfect mix. And Syracuse is seeming to bring that in right now, especially on the women's side. Coming up for the women, we have, is it Coppin State? Coppin State? It is, yes. Coppin State, I believe. Coppin State, yeah. Coppin State Wednesday, and then they next week have... Number 20, Maryland. Number 20, Maryland. First road game of the season. Okay. That's on Sunday, November 19th, 12 p.m. start, Big Ten Network. Got it. And what about after that? Then you got the South Point shootout in Las Vegas. Enjoy, nice. enjoy the trip, ladies. They'll play yeah, uh, Northern Iowa and Iowa State okay. a little over flow the hoops course action. of that. Uh, I have some beef with flow hoops, to be honest. We'll <laughs> <laughs> do that off air. <laughs> oh, <laughs> over the course of that Thanksgiving weekend, then the week after Thanksgiving, <laughs> ACC-SEC Challenge, the Cuse hosts Alabama at the Dome. Alabama. All okay. right, all right. High hopes for this team so far, man. Me too. I mean, you got to say, just I don't know how long this will last, but to have the men's team and the women's team – on this day, Tuesday, November 14th, <laughs> everyone's undefeated. Yeah. Embrace it. Enjoy it for as long as it lasts, you know? Feel that moment. Absolutely. Final thoughts, guys? I got a question if you guys want it. Yeah, let's do it. I forgot about that. We're talking rivalries today in honor of the 175th meeting between Syracuse and Colgate Tuesday night. I have four major rivalries, technically five, but I paired two of them together that I would like you guys to try and rank from most matchups to least. The matchups are Syracuse-Colgate, Arizona-Arizona State, Duke-North Carolina, and then, this one's for Tommy, the border war slash bragging rights combination of Mizzou versus Kansas and Illinois. So rank them in the order you think is correct from most matchups to least. Say the last one again. Hold on. So this is ranked from the amount of times they've played each other? Yes. So okay. the, the combinations, again, uh, for because Samantha asked, Syracuse-Colgate, Arizona-Arizona State, Duke-North Carolina, and then the fourth one, Sam, was the combination of Mizzou-Kansas, Mizzou-Illinois. I, I mean, I know, like, Cuse, or sorry, Mizzou-Kansas has much more of a history than Mizzou-Illinois. It, yes. Okay. So, so is that one both of those two it's combined? It's both of them combined, why, yes. Why combined? There's a reason for it. Okay. Method of madness of um, the that's, that's the trickster type. Thing. Okay, so it's Arizona, Zona, Zona State. 
you have Arizona, Arizona State in there, SU, Colgate, Duke, North Carolina, and then the two uh, Mizzou rivalries. Okay. Um, all right. <sighs> going to be interested to see how you guys uh, order these out. Don't need to guess the number of games. Just order them based upon how many you think they have been played. Okay. Can I give Sam, like, a hint that I've thought about? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. One thing I've thought about is if they're in the same conference, you are look- you could be looking at twice a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Understood. All right. That's just something I just thought of right now that I was like, hmm, that actually changes I actually did thoughts. a last-minute switch, and I think I'm, I'm going to regret it, but I'm, I'm just going to... I'm well, well let's start with the man who had the hint, Mr. Sladek. Let's go from uh, least to most. Least your to order. most. So four okay. to one. Okay. All right. So least I'm going Mizzou, Kansas, Illinois. I don't like the combo part of it. I know. That's what's weird. I think I have to keep – I mean, I know it's not one because he would never make it one if it was a combo. Mizzou, Kansas, Illinois, I'm keeping F4. And then I'm going to go Q's, Colgate, 3. I think they have the either first or second longest. They're definitely right there with Duke-UNC because I'm thinking about east to west coast is a massive difference to Midwest. Like the east coast, especially the northeast, has such a dated, dated rivalry. But I'm putting Q's Colgate there just because it's a lot of the times once a year, if at all. Two, I'm putting Zona Zona State just because they play each other twice a year. I think that's the most recent. And then Duke UNC, I think, is the second oldest, but because they play each other twice a year, that's going number one. How about you? I'm going to go just from most played to least. I'm going to go Duke UNC. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. I'm going to go Duke UNC in the one spot, SU Colgate two, Arizona, Arizona State three. three. And then Mizzou, Kansas, Mizzou, Illinois, four. Okay. All righty. Duke, North Carolina is number one. Nice. 260 times those teams have played. Doing a check in a star. Number two, Arizona, Arizona State. 247. There is a reason that I combined Mizzou's two rivalries. Dirty play. It's yeah, because, that's messed up. That's because the difference between these two rivalries and SU Colgate is two games. Wow. Syracuse and Colgate have played 175 times. Mm-hmm. The combination of Kansas and Illinois have played the University of Missouri Tigers 173. Tommy Sladek is once again correct. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Um... Good stuff. I, I thought I, for sure with the combination, yeah, that would like make it higher or something. I knew, I knew that it wouldn't be one because yeah, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was trying to make a point with it. Yep. Wow. And you had the right point. Good for you, man. I would like to thank my Syracuse Crunch mug. <laughs> Shout out to Syracuse Crunch. Uh, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with them this season. But I think this was the magic right here. Yeah, I think that was your lucky. This is the trivia water. But on, I mean, you've been cooking. You've been cooking on trivia I've for been, a minute. I've been on a heater. I yeah, you've been on up. a heater. I don't know what's up with that. Me neither. Must be the Syracuse Crunch mug. I mean, you. I will say this, and, I, and I'm not saying this as a diss to you. Go ahead. But you haven't had a <laughs> like a famous bang, a famous bang. 
Thanks. I know. It's been a long time. And even today, I was, I've been like really close on a few. Like yeah. today with the, with the Syracuse football, I said second. It was third. But there's no bang on, There's no bang for close enough. There's no bang for almost. There's bang for yes. I mean, you heated up when we really started with Moten. So I think Lawrence Moten coming back in. is my lucky charm. It's, when he's here, I perform better. You do. All right. Next week. And next week, maybe because of Thanksgiving, not sure. But but Poetry will be back in as a regular guest very, very soon. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for yeah. watching. Thank that wraps watching. it up. Want to wrap it up? Wrap it. Yes. For Tommy Sladek, Samantha Croston, Brendan Hodges on the producer mic, this has been the Orange Zone Podcast. Make sure to follow us, like, subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Listen however you want. We don't judge it. Thanks a lot. See you again next week. Peace. Peace.